For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really stoked about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Yaro Starek, and we're going to explore email sales funnels. Said another way, how to automate your email marketing so that you don't have to work hard over and over again to basically get your next customer. Instead, you work hard once and you use it over and over again. You're going to definitely find a lot of value in today's podcast. If you want to email me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com goes right to my inbox. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? This week I found something pretty cool that's going to help you get your editing work done. And by editing, I mean your text editing. It's called Editor or editor with an extra R on the end. So it makes me feel like I have to say it that way. So when you say text editing, explain what you mean by that. So what you can do is essentially editor is a really cool service where you can get 24 seven writing help from actual real people who will edit your text when you submit it to them. Huh? Well, what kind of text are we talking about here? So we're talking all different kinds of texts, like if it's press release stuff or jar, you know, if you want to have it be, um, you know, anyway, different styles of writing, like whether it's fiction or whether it's. So uh, you're talking long prose, like a blog post yeah, or yeah. not something as simple as like just a social update or anything like that. Well, you could go that low if it was, you know, maybe a paragraph or two, they, they have that ability, but it's, there's different ways that you can. Have so that. What, what does this do exactly? So you take your draft of text and you submit it through either the web app or their iOS or Android app, and it goes off to their team, pings one of their editors who then claims the job. And by the way, they're always looking for more editors. And they then edit your words and send them back to you. And you can select, again, what type of goal it is you're want this what the writing is what the purpose of the writing is for i should say so obviously this is some sort of a marketplace then and this is not a free service right it's not a free service it's one of those things i mean your first 100 words are free but you do have to buy them as you go what so, have you tried this i did yes and it's it's actually pretty cool like i thought that I'd written something pretty decent. And and I did, but it came back and they had a couple of really cool suggestions and 
and I even threw in some ob- obvious uh, errors in there, and they caught every single one of them. So is this kind of like Microsoft Word or Google Docs where they track all their changes and you can accept or reject them? Yeah, it'll send it back to you, and it'll point out every single change that they've made. And it's not, and it, you know, it's the red where they've made the change, and the green of what they've changed it to. And you click on it and accept the different changes. Yeah, so it's they, just can like they make that. comments, or is it all just edits? Uh, it's just edits, as far as I've seen. I haven't seen like they've they're commentary, you know, giving you commentary on why they've chosen what they've chosen. Hmm. But yeah, it, from what I've seen, it, it's pretty impressive. So, what does it cost? So there are different levels. Like, the, in other words, the best way to say the state this is that there's not levels uh, of like tiers with other services. It's the more words that you buy in bulk, the cheaper the words uh, become. Oh, so, so you kind of advance by the number of words mm-hmm. you want to edit, almost like iStock yeah. Photo, where you buy credits or whatever. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So you you kind of gauge how often you're going to use them or how frequently you're using them. I mean, you could use one account and use it across your your whole business. What's the trend time? Have, uh, it, oh, geez, it was super fast. I had my stuff back. I mean, I did a thing that was about two to three hundred words, and I had it back within about five minutes. How much did that cost you? Well, I was using my free words, so... Well, give us it, a perspective of what this might cost. I mean, is it economical? I would say so. I mean, if, if you're, if, if you're going to go with, say, 500 words, or, or well, let me, let me put it this way. The starter package is about 150 words, and that's going to go about $5. Wow. Okay, cool. So... Just as a reminder, folks, we never endorse products that we're paid to endorse. There's no affiliation between us and this product. This is just something cool that Eric has found. And um, why don't you tell people where they can find this? Yeah, so the quickest way to find it is to just go to editor.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-R.com. So if you are a blogger or you're writing an ebook or a report or anything where you want a second set of eyes to look at this and give you some edits on it. Sounds like it's a, it's a very economical uh, thing. I know that I'm, you know, I've been a writer for, for decades and I know that editors can cost hundreds of dollars typically to edit just a thousand words. So this sounds pretty darn reasonable. I'm sure they're sourcing from different parts of the world. All right, Eric. Well, listen, thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. It's called editor. With an, with an extra R on the end, dot com, right? Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Yaro. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Yaro Starik. If you don't know who Yaro is, he's a blogging expert. He specializes in helping people turn their blogs into profitable businesses. He's also author of the ebook Blog Profits Blueprint. And Yaro is a real expert in building automated email funnels. And we're going to get into that today. Yaro, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. Looking forward to the topic. Well, today you and I are going to explore really what is a email sales funnel and and what is all that goes into it. And I'll be honest, I don't know about this topic. I've only watched it 
you know, from the outside, I've never really had such a funnel before. So uh, hopefully the listeners and myself will learn as we go. And before we get started, Yaro, how did you get into the whole email funnel thing? Give us the backstory on that, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, sure. So since the early days for me, like I went online when I was 18 years old in 1998, and my primary goal was to avoid full-time employment. And a big part of that was to start a business that I won't say is passive income. I think you know everyone believes in the holy grail of passive income. I, I wasn't that naive, but I did believe in smart business models to say, uh, you know, just put it simply. So I've always been building some kind of online business that's about tapping into a business model that allows me a lot of time, freedom, still makes good money, and is something I really enjoy. I discovered blogging almost by accident in 2004 when someone suggested I start a blog for a company I had, which was an editing company back then. A lot of people who were bloggers at the time were kind of stuck to really long hours writing a crazy amount of content. Mm -hmm. But the people who were using email, and these were kind of you know, guys and gals who were, uh, they were crazy. They'd tell you these stories where they'd send a couple of emails to their list and they'd make $30,000 in sales of a product that they were promoting, sometimes an affiliate product too. It wasn't even theirs. So I was excited by that, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't hadn't done it yet. So I wanted to experience that with blogging as well. And my main purpose at that point was not to become one of these bloggers who was trapped writing 20 blog posts a day, covering the news, and instead being more smarter with my marketing and essentially building what now I would call a, a blog sales funnel, which simply means some emails that go out after a person first discovers you via your content. So, you know, they do a Google search and they find your blog and then they opt in for more information from you. And the idea is to have what I would call a machine kind of running behind your blog so that like what I enjoy today is writing and, and teaching and I didn't want to have to spend all my time selling and promoting. I wanted to be some sort of automation in place to do that. So my quest certainly for the last three or four years has been building this machine to run behind my blog to really validate everything I learned about email marketing, everything I learned about systems and automation and combining that with how amazing blogging and social and content marketing is for building an audience. So just to be clear, what you're calling a blog sales funnel, and I'm calling an email sales funnel, it's pr pretty much the same thing. And what I hear you saying is a lot of times bloggers write content, and then they publish it, and then they move on. And there's this ever need, there's this constant need to keep creating brand new content, right? And right. some of that content is very valuable and could be used and delivered via email is what I hear you saying, right? So a blog sales funnel, it sounds like is when someone opts in to whatever it is you have available for them to opt into, they receive a series of emails spread out over time. Is that, is that, is that what a sales funnel yeah. is? Yeah. I mean, to clarify, so most people listening to this, and, and I, I put myself in that basket too many years ago, I would write blog posts just trying to help people. And I had an email list, but I, I broadcast messages like a newsletter. And there wasn't necessarily any strategic direction behind that other than I have been told, you know, having a newsletter is smart because it's how you stay in touch with people and build trust and make sure they know you're still there. 
and you know, and every now and then when you had something to launch or, or sell, you know, a, a product or a course or an event or a service or coaching, whatever it is, at that point, you'd then send some emails and write some blog posts to promote that. And that was the kind of like the old way. And this is sort of the the method I'm trying to get people to realize is not necessarily great if you want freedom. And this is how I changed it and how people who focus on email funnels changed it. They, they focus on a sequence of information that a person can enter at any point in time and through just automatic emails. We all pretty familiar with autoresponder email systems where you can set it up. People will go through essentially a free email course type sequence of information that will deliver trust, education and sell your product but it's completely hands off for you once you've created it. So the moment you put your name on the list, it's as if it's starting just for you, right? So it doesn't matter exactly. whether I sign up today and you sign up two months from now, we're still getting the same content delivered on a schedule. That's what I hear you saying, right? Yeah. One of the best examples I can give you was my first ever attempt at this. And I'll be frank, I wouldn't recommend doing what I did back then. But the first time I tried this, I thought, you know, I realized blog posts were really helping me reach my audience and build trust. So I thought I'm going to set up one blog post to go to my email newsletter once a week for 52 weeks. My plan was a regular newsletter for an entire year. And throughout that process, I actually sold my course as well. So it'd be here's some content. And do you know I have a course? And then here's some more content. And do you know I have a course? And I actually did that. I wrote over probably took me about six months to write a year's worth of messages. And then over the next years after that, people would enter that process at the beginning. Even though I wrote it, sometimes it was you know three years later, they were still entering it at the beginning and going through that information. And it, it worked. Um, it's a little bit too elongated for what I recommend you do today. You know, 52 emails is, is a lot of work. But the principle was there to begin with, just having people go through this automated sequence of information to educate and pre-sell and then sell your products and services. So a couple questions in my mind. Um, the, the benefit, obviously, of doing something like this is you write it once and you can use it potentially for as long as it remains valid. But are there any other reasons why we should consider a sales funnel? And, and does it actually does it work yeah okay well let me let me break down why i did it yeah uh, now the first reason was the obvious reason like i just said i wanted to have products of mine selling on autopilot so i could blog people would discover my content but then the actual emails were all automatic the selling process was automatic and it'd be that dream of making money while you sleep that was the obvious goal the other part of this process or this theory is that within sales funnel marketing, there's an idea that it's easier to sell to an existing customer than it is to bring a new customer in through the door. So to put it simply, in my case, I want to test the theory. If I sell a lower price product like an ebook for $30, am I more likely to see those people graduate to, for example, my flagship course at $1,000 later on? than trying to sell the flagship course directly to people who've never bought from me. So that was the second thing to test. And then the third thing, which to me made a lot of sense, with a business, you've got people who are at different levels of interest in what you do. So some people are ready to buy a $30 ebook, but they're not ready to invest $1,000 on a course with you. 
And some people are, are ready to buy the ebook and the course and actually want to do some sort of private event with you, a, a boot camp, a workshop, or maybe a year-long coaching, you know, a small group coaching program. And then some people just want to maybe explore your free information. And the sales funnel really meets the needs of all those different people. And when you set it up, the beautiful thing about it is people can self-select to graduate up by simply going through this email sequence, these various product offers. So that's what I started building four years ago, and I, I pretty much finished it as we're talking now. With like, I've got a range of eBooks, I've got a membership site, a flagship course, and I've got a range of email sequences that move people and sell these products and services for me. So I spend my time blogging, podcasting, and so on. But when they discover me, they go through this content and buy my products, and it happens without me ever communicating with them manually. It's all automated. So, you know, for anyone who is looking to build some sort of automated selling process, I think this is the direction to go. Plus, an important point to make is that it's getting harder to sell. So if you don't have this kind of sophisticated, much more targeted information, you're just not going to, you know, potentially even survive longer term. You're certainly going to struggle to keep bringing in new customers. It's, a, you know, it's about servicing a small group of people who really want what you sell. And that's what the funnel is designed to do. Well, let's share an example, from, uh, maybe a recent example from your business and possibly even some results that some of your clients have had, because I'm sure some people are still skeptical as I am as yeah. to whether this actually sells or not, because frankly, I'm used to direct selling. You know, I'm used to the, I mean, Social Media Examiner has been around for seven years. I've been around for 20 years and it's always been direct selling for me, but l let's hear it. I mean, like, Give us an example of how you're doing it and maybe even an example of some of the results that either you or a client have had because that might mm. open our eyes a little bit. Sure. You know, I, I love direct selling too. Like I do a lot of launches, but for me, the big part of why you do what I, I'm talking about here is you can turn what you get out of direct selling into an automated process. And that, that was a big part of what I wanted to experience. So, for example, I, I have a launch sequence that I have used in some shape or form for many years to launch my course. And you're probably very familiar with it if you've seen a launch before, some some free videos, uh, a free report. I wrote a free report. And then people go through that content live, usually, during a launch, couple of weeks. Uh, very popular, like with the Jeff Walker School of Marketing. And at the end of it, uh, there's an offer, and you can join a course. And it all happens in a, an event-based marketing. But there's no reason why you can't automate the delivery of that. So in my case, and you mentioned I'm the author of the Blog Profits Blueprint. That's my free report. So if you go to blogprofitsblueprint.com or you find it on my blog, opt in for the report. You'll then also go through a series of video training, three videos, and then a fourth video to invite people into my course. And that will happen over a period of uh, it's, it's all said and done, it's three weeks. And that is a launch, but it's automated. I set it up once and People can have gone through it for the last 12 plus months automatically, and some people buy this course of mine. And that's without me doing anything. So they could, you know, read a blog post and go through that process. So, you know, it's not just about necessarily changing the way you sell. It's just automating and applying some sort of automation to make it uh, a more hands-off business. For me, that was, you know, number one goal. So a lot of my students who I teach, and I can share a few examples, they do something similar. They'll have a free report 
very common with my students. So just if you want to check it out right now, one of the examples, um, her name is Tracy Raftel, and she actually used to suffer from adult acne. She runs a blog called thelovevitamin.com. If you check out her site, you will see, again, the free report pop up. And then if you join up to that, you're going to start receiving a series of emails that have been set up by her to promote her academy. In fact, I'm not even sure exactly how complex her funnel is right now behind the scenes. But I know if you download, get a free report, you're going to go through a series of of information leading to her offer. Um, Similar example Joel Friedlander, who runs a blog called thebookdesigner.com. He's one of my favorite case studies because he came to me after having a career in self-publishing but in the offline world, and he was 62 years old when he came across my teaching, my training, and decided to jump online after retiring in the the real world and then translating his expertise uh, into a blog, thebookdesigner.com. And if you go there, you'll see he's got this free guide called 10 Things You Need to Know About Self-Publishing. And I know Joel does a ton of email marketing behind the scenes uh, for his own products as well as affiliate products. And again, I don't know how complex is his automation, but he's obviously following that that same process. And I know his email is is the the main driver of sales for for his business. So those are two examples. I've got a bunch of people. Let, as a, let me ask you this. Um, sure. When it comes to your business, you don't have to give me the financials, but what percentage of your revenue comes through these email sequences versus direct selling? Well, it's I, I do maybe one or two launches a year, but the the funny thing is that every launch I've done recently has been then turned into an automated sequence. So the one I just told you about when I first launched it, it did about seventy thousand in sales of a course, and and then over the next twelve months, it just kept delivering about twenty to thirty thousand a month in ongoing sales of that course. Wow! So, so hold on a second. So you actually did more in the sequence than you did on in the initial launch. Well, as time goes by, it's going to be the case for sure. I mean, it's this is something I experiment with though. Like I, I'm well aware that sometimes an open and close style marketing campaign will bring across more sales than just having, you know, a forever opening uh, type product. But, and I'm sure people who've ever done a launch know, if you're doing launches all the time, that's not a a hands-off business either. So for me, it's about combining both elements, doing launches when you want to, perhaps when you've got something new, and then also setting up what you can automated. But it's important to note, like, if you go back over like the last three years of my business, I would finish an ebook, then I'd package it up in in a product with some bonuses. And I promote it in a an opening campaign, I won't call it a launch, because it wasn't a big product. But there was a, you know, a two week period where I had a special for that product. Once that was over, I'd have a, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, up to 100 people buy the ebook. And then I'd switch it on to autopilot mode. And for me, even though I might only make, you know, four or five or six sales of that particular ebook a month, it was so much more exciting to see those sales come through because I never did anything in terms of more work. So like, the, for example, the first time I tested this theory, I wrote a two-week email course with six messages, 
three emails to educate people and then three emails to promote my ebook. And the first time I got a sale while I was sleeping was like, this, this theory works. So you can actually set this process up to be automated. And then I replicated what works. So I wrote another two, two ebooks. So I've got one book on mindset, another book on uh, buying and selling blogs and websites, and another one on traffic. And each of those sell every month and have been for the last three years using these email courses, these two to three week long email sequences. And then a good chunk of the people who buy those ebooks upsell and say yes to joining my membership community because there's a, a free trial on the back end of that. And again, that's just part of the funnel that's been built into it. So it's also automated. And then so, so let's get it, let's get into that. Let's let's dig sure. into the structures because um, a lot of people might be thinking, okay, I think I want to try this. What what's involved? What where do we start? I guess talk to me about that. Okay, so the first thing is to make the attitude adjustment. I'm not going to have just a generic newsletter where I send something at random whenever I have something to send. Mm-hmm. You know, the the main decision here is no, no. Each piece of content is going to lead to a product offer, and I'm going to set this up to be an automatic sequence, not just a newsletter. And that's that's really important. You can have both. I also have a, a newsletter, but if you're going to be serious about this, you have to make that choice. Then I think the best starting point is really simple. What would be called a front-end email sequence, which can simply be two weeks' worth of content. Uh, I love sending blog posts to an email list. So just like I said before, you could plan six messages, three in the first week, three in the second week. The first week, I really recommend you don't do hard selling. It's not the time to pitch. It's a time to educate and build trust and find you know the right type of person for your product, but also hint at the fact that you have a product if they want to take the next step with you. And then during the second week, the three messages, I actually always run a special and just like we know from doing you know, direct selling, if there's a deadline behind something, something's going away, then that drives sales. So I actually have an automatic built-in deadline of a price rise in these funnels. So if they don't buy within that special week, the price goes back up to full price. Hmm. So usually most of the sales, not surprisingly, will come in that second week. So that's the sort of thing you can construct. And I believe you can do that within a week because it's six emails, especially if you already have the product. Okay, uh, so just- so real quick, um, I you know we use Aweber. Um, I know that there's Mailchimp and all these others. Do pretty much all the email providers have an autoresponder sequence so that this can be easily set up? Yes, I do not know any that only do broadcasting. I think every system today and for years now have had a, an autoresponder, so you can set things up to go out in a, a sequence, not just broadcasts. And you mentioned a sequence of three in a week one and three in week two. Is that generally the best practice is to deliver three times a week to your audience? Uh, no. I mean, it, this is not a one-size-fits-all situation. I, I'm giving what I think is a great starting point that I think is a low entry for people to test. It's certainly great for selling a lower price product, but let's face it, six emails probably not enough to sell a $1,000 product. It's enough to sell a $30 ebook. Um, you might need to come up with, for example, a launch sequence or a webinar type sequence. Most people today are really setting up these automated webinars if you're going to sell something that's $500 or more. So I have one of those too. I have a webinar sequence to sell my, my, my flagship course. So you can you know, graduate your way up to that. 
And if you've ever done a direct selling launch tile promotion for anything, the potential to change that into an automated sequence is pretty obvious. If it worked direct selling, then just set it up to be a sequence anyone can go through any time. And then you just need to have some sort of consistent source of, of new customers or potential customers to go through it. Well, the only downside to that is um, depending on how you direct sell, like for example, social media marketing world, we, we provide, we, we don't do the typical Jeff Walker launch where we're providing a bunch of valuable content that somehow is related to the conference. We just directly sell the conference. And I know that that's probably um, an anomaly in the Jeff Walker style where it's all about providing value and setting the stage for a potential sale. Um, and But I don't think a lot of people know the, that style. So maybe you could talk mm -hmm. about what kind of content typically must be delivered in the first few messages, whether they're once a week or three times a week in order to, in order to right. kind of get the person ready for the pitch. Well, before I do that, how do you sell your tickets right now to, to your event, Michael? We pretty much just send an email that says, here's why you should come to the conference. And we have lots of different ways we do it. Um, and, and that's how we do it. So one email just went like a couple of months before the event? No, no, no. We send lots of emails. So right. <laughs> we send lots of emails, but they're all directly selling. They're not, they're not necessarily... Um, here's some free content. Instead, our free content comes in our, in our newsletters that go out three days a week. So, so for us, you know, we email Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, original free content related to social media marketing. And then on typically Tuesdays and Thursdays or Tuesdays or Thursdays and Fridays, we will email, um, reminders about the conference, you know, right. um, and those are particularly persuasive messages designed to sell. So maybe there is something there. It's just the way we're delivering it. Right. I mean, it's not that different. You know, you're selling emails sell and you know your content education emails educate. The, the slight difference here is you have a content machine that's constantly producing new content and you choose just to send broadcasts when you have that, that content, right? Right. As opposed to say, you know that there's six pieces of particular content that does really well at get, getting people excited to go to the event, then you've got six emails that do really well at selling the event, in which case you could set them up as a, you know, a, a month-long sequence right there or, or even a two-week-long sequence if you put, sent an email every day. So it's not that different. The difference there is going, okay, you know, we've identified that this is our best-selling content and the best emails to send to sell our product. So let's push people through that first so we can maximize our sales using our best foot, you know, best foot forward on autopilot. And, you know, I don't want to change your business, Michael, but one of the ways you might do that would be, let's have everyone who joins our email list first go through this two week experience designed to get them first of all, aware of who you are and, your, and what your company does. And, and then what, what, what the right kind of person is for the event mm. and then sell the event, which would probably be still using the exact same emails you do now since they work. And then after they've gone through that, if they haven't bought or they have bought, depending on how you want to segment, they could still be getting your newsletters. It's just, they're going to go through this two week automated experience. That's much more strategically proven to sell. Uh, well, I like that idea because what I could do is I could just make sure that the broadcasts, that, that are sent at, 
I could I could make sure that the broadcasts that we send on our schedule are never sent to the people that are on the list for two weeks or less, right. so, so that they don't receive any pitch until um, they don't receive our other pitches until they've received our best pitches first. Right. Right. Is that yeah, what I hear you saying? Such a good point. Yeah, you haven't made a perfect point there because you know you don't want someone to join your newsletter and then tomorrow get a pitch having never heard anything from you, but it just happens to be the day you send your pitch email. Right. 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 What you want is for them to go through this content first to pre-qualify them, to make sure they are the right person for the event. And that's really where you know the segmentation comes into this too. A lot of what I do is about getting the right person onto the right list. Like you might have a list for, these are the people who are have said, yes, I'm interested in the event. And these are the people who've said, yes, I'm interested in social media. And these are the people who never bought the event or who have bought the event before, you know? And then different content to different people will bring across more sales. But as a basic change, having a contained two-week experience where they're not interrupted with random content would be the smart change to make initially, just so that it's a clear message on point in the right order. And then after that, if they say no to buying, they can transition to, well, actually, it's called a house list. It's where you send ongoing content. It's, It's not quite so strategic. It's just your latest updates, your latest blog post, your latest podcast, whatever it is. And, um, well, that's how it works. So it's it, and especially it, it's important to note that first two weeks is when they're paying the most attention to the email list as well. So that's when you want to get them with your best stuff. That's a very, very good observation. And I also think that I don't think that you and I are saying here, hey, everybody go uh, when someone gets on your list and immediately start selling them. Right. No, not. And uh, someone might be listening to this and be thinking about that. So what should be the typical types of content we should provide that's of great value because I mean, are we literally taking some of our best blog posts and just putting them into an email basically and, and, and tweaking them a little bit? Is that kind of, you know, the stuff that doesn't sell the stuff that is of such great value that when people receive it, they'll be like, wow, that was amazing. I can't wait for the next one. Is that kind of what we're doing here? Um, yes and no. I mean, that's, that's, that's a low hanging fruit option for everyone is to grab your best blog posts. But I believe it's more important to craft an experience for people that that makes a lot of sense based on who who they are to you. For example, they might discover you for the first time ever through a Google search or through a post on Facebook or through a tweet or an Instagram or Pinterest or whatever it is. And if they never heard from you, suddenly throwing them a random blog post, even if it's your best one, doesn't necessarily you know, raise their interest. So what I actually recommend people do, especially if you're someone who's got a business based on your expertise or your, you know, uh, your brand or something like that, is to first tell the story behind what you do. Uh, I, I call this the life story post. And it's, a, it's simply a background to explain who you are, how you came to become well-known and good at what you do, plus all the trials and tribulations that led to that, a life story, basically. So that ups the trust, builds your authority. You're someone to listen to, plus it's storytelling, so it's engaging. And it's creating a friendship bond. That's the main reason you do that. Then the second message I recommend is actually what I call an aha email or an aha blog post, which is where you talk about the breakthrough moment where you finally solved your problem or you finally had the result that you wanted. So if you're in the weight loss industry, you know, you finally realized you you had to change one aspect of your diet, even after you changed all these other things, you tried exercise, but finally you realized 
it was all because of spaghetti and that's what you had to cut. And then you, you explain the science behind that and it's, it's a big breakthrough. And hopefully, it, you know, the person reading this or listening to it would also be going, that's amazing. You know, I didn't know this. It's an aha moment for me. And then I recommend the third email is a how-to email. So this would be like, well, here's how you can eat eliminating this dangerous food. This is actually how I eat today. So a recipe plan and so forth. So it basically goes life story, aha, and then how-to. That's week one for a basic entry-level email sequence. And it's doing the core things you need to do. Introduce yourself. Create a friendship. Tell your background story. It's like we do in real life. Then explain how you learned the, the big moment that changed your life and then teach them how to change their life as well. And that gets people very excited to take whatever it is the next step you have, whether it's an ebook, a course, coaching, consulting, a conference, a live event, whatever it is you that set, then you then sell. Talk to me about week two. Well, week two is uh, standard deadline-driven direct selling kind of approach, but on autopilot. So uh, this is when you announce the fact that your product is available only for this week or it's half price this week only or it only comes with something that's special and time-limited. And you talk a little bit about the product and you link to the, the sales page or a sales video for it. Uh, so that will be the fourth message, first one of week two. The fifth message, I love case studies. So I think the best tool you can use to sell today to demonstrate social proof and authority and that what you teach works is showing a client who got a result, teaching whatever it is you teach or doing whatever it is you teach or in your case, attending your event, you know. So I, I love an in-depth case study. I personally do interviews on podcasts that are just stories about how that person did what, what they went through. And that's the fifth message. And then the last message is this pretty simple 24-hour warning deadline. The price is going up, the program's closing, whatever it is, 24 hours to go. You better go grab it now. And uh, that's a basic six-week, or it's not six-week, six-part, two-week uh, process. It could be compacted into one week. It really depends on what you're talking about and how deep you have to go. But uh, And you can extrapolate that. My biggest sequences have multiple case studies and I teach multiple lessons and I use video and I use audio and I use writing because I want to meet, meet people with different modalities of learning. So there's a lot of ways you can play with that, but that six steps I just talked about is a great entry level of the, the core concepts. You know, what's fascinating about this is this is kind of the elements of a sales page. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. It's just distributed in email, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, what I love about this is you don't necessarily need a big complex sales page or even a long webinar. Like if you look at a webinar or a sales page or a launch video sequence, it's the same as what I'm talking about in these emails. You're just breaking it apart and people have an experience over time with you. But what I love about blogging and social to do this is you're wrapping up this content in this safe place. You know, it's safe to read this in a blog post where you read it in a sales page, you know, you're getting sold to, right? But if you read someone's story or a case study in a podcast, it's just consuming content like we do every single day. And of course, you're sharing this stuff on social as well. It's, it's popping up on Facebook and then people can join the funnel when they you know, see the case study on Facebook. They can go to the beginning of the funnel and go from start to finish. I've got a whole bunch of rapid fire questions that I want to throw your way. And if we can try to get through a bunch of them, that would be awesome. The first Let's question is, if I have an ebook or a report that I'm offering, do I, I would imagine I must re provide that report and then start the sequence. Is that correct? 
Correct, yeah. So report first and then whatever enhances the message that the report has already delivered comes next. Or what I also people forget to do this is make sure they actually consume the report. You know, like I, you can get complex with this and check where they click the link and download the report. If they haven't, the, the messages that should follow is, hey, I noticed you haven't downloaded the report yet. Go mm. get it. Here's the audio version. And, and that's basically what you're doing. Plus, then you start the, the, the engagement process. So case studies. Um, but you have to assume that not everyone's going to read every part of the report. So you might be feeling like you're repeating yourself in the emails that follow it, but that's okay because not everyone's consuming everything. What about unsubscribes? I mean, like what's the chances that people are going to stick around to the, to the last one? Is it safe to assume there's going to be a level of unsubscribe with this frequency? Well, it, it depends on the, the quality of where you're getting people from. You know, it, this is not really a, an issue of the actual sequence. It's an issue of the relevance to the person who's subscribed. So it really doesn't matter whether you, you know, mail once a week, once a day, what the content is. If they're just not interested, they're going to unsubscribe. In my experience, uh, A, unsubscribes are within a certain number are actually good because you're getting people who are not interested. But most people I find who go through a sequence will end up maybe not buying, like, you know, at the end of the day, most people don't buy, but they still stay on your list. And that's when you get to form long-term relationships and potentially move them to another sequence. This is what my system does. You might finish a two-week process, say no to the product, but then I say, hey, I'm running a webinar. Then they say yes to that and they begin a webinar sequence. So it's a chance to further build trust to get them over the line to become a customer. What is your personal metric of success so for every thousand people that enter into your cycle, you know, what percentage of them are ultimately coming out the backside as a customer, just so people can have some sort of expectation or every hundred, are we talking about one out of a hundred, a couple out of a hundred kind of, you know, what's a reasonable expectation. And I know you're going to say it depends, but assuming you have, the, <laughs> assuming you have the best copy, you know, assuming it's Yarrow and Yarrow knows these things because he monitors and, and tracks these things. What's, what's a really good number? You know, this is, it's a, one of these questions, how, how, how much is enough is enough. You know, I, I is one, is making, 1% too low for you, for Yarrow? Well, you know what I mean? Okay. I mean, you've got every step of the, of the process. So, right. you know, if you're getting like, I'm talking about blog posts with a pop-up opt-in box or a header or a footer opt-in box. So, right. you know, you're not going to get 40% opt-in rates to those. You're probably going to get, Yeah, I'm assuming um, once you've got the emails on your list. Right. So once you got a person into the funnel, I mean, it's very much like a sales page conversion rate. If you're doing 5% or more, you're doing incredibly well. You're probably going to do somewhere between 1% and, and 4% will actually buy. But it's like any metric. Look at each of the points. Like I would look at how many get to the sales page. You know, they have to go from opting in. Which emails do they open and read? Do they click the links in the emails to then go to a sales page? How many people hit the sales page? Right. And I find the number there I can tell you for sure is you're going to sell, depending on your industry, you're going to probably sell somewhere between 1% and 5% of the people who hit the sales page. Correct. Which is a very small number compared to, say, how many actually you know opt in or even read a blog post. Right. Well, Yaro, um, I guess my last question is where do we – learn more about this stuff because you you and I both know that we have just barely scratched the surface of this. There's different kinds of sequences. There's how to write the copy. There's 
there's how to capture the emails. There's, you know, when to send them. There's, there's, you know, sequences. Like if they do this and they do that, there's just so much that we have not even touched on. If somebody wants to truly master this and do it well, where should they go to learn more? Yeah, you're right. It's a, there's a lot there to learn and we have only touched on a few things. Uh, I'd like to direct people to my free report, the blog profits blueprint. So blogprofitsblueprint.com. That's not going to answer every question, but it's going to give you an overview of what we've talked about and it's not super long. So it's an, it's an hour and a half audio version or an 88 page written version. And that'll cover pretty much the, the things we've talked about here. And you'll, you walk away at least understanding how it works from there, you're going to, obviously, like you said, it's it's each of the individual skill sets you need to build up from, okay, I need to have a way to build my list, then I need to figure out what emails to send people, and then I need to you know have a sales page and a product, and then, then start testing. So, you know, that's, but that's internet marketing. Everyone who runs a business has to do that. You do it, I do it, we all do it. So, you know, um, I recommend uh, Blueprint first, and then pick pick the point at where you're at as your next step. So you want to send people to blogprofitsblueprint.com, is that correct? Yeah, or honestly, the simplest way is to Google my name, Yarrow, Y-A-R-O. Uh, I'm going for like the Oprah or the Ellen, one name only <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it's pretty easy. There's not many Yarrows in the world. So if you Google that, I'll be the first or the second result for sure. You'll find my blog. You'll find the blueprint. Everything's there. Excellent. Yaro Starek, thank you so much for joining me and answering all my questions about the email sales funnel. Really appreciate your insight. Thanks, Michael. That was a lot of fun. And uh, good luck, everyone, with your funnels. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. If there was anything that I mentioned or Yaro mentioned and you just didn't catch it, well, we take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 224 That stands for episode 224. Also, if you're not already a subscriber to this podcast, it's free. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. Never miss a future episode of this show. And by the way, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.